Hey guys, welcome back. It is another Slinging Stones episode podcast brought to you by the Thrive Evangelistic Ministry. I got a little tongue tied right there. That was that was tough on the front end. Um, So I'm Andy Branham. Uh, Welcome back to another week. This is kind of an off night. We are on a Monday night right now. Um, Man, it's been crazy just dealing with kind of schedules and other things, but. Across the across the room from me, sitting there looking like a Christmas tree in his Carhartt shirt, Luke Troll, buddy. How you doing? What's up, man? I'm just hanging out and still uh, riding away from last night, man. You know, last night was just such a it was a great time. We uh, we saw some some powerful men of God. We heard from a powerful man of God who just brought the heat. I mean, if if he were a major league pitcher, he would have Nolan Ryan that message to us. Well, it, it was a blessing. Um, so. So just to catch y'all up, so we didn't record Thursday night because our church was holding VBS, and so there was a bunch of youngins running around. It was crazy. Um, I was battling a bug sting or some allergic reaction into my eye where I was swole up. I looked horrible, um, which luckily this is not a video podcast anymore. It's an audio. So... And then we're going to record Saturday night and literally walking out, almost about to walk out the door. I texted you, Luke, and I said, all right, I'm packing up. I'm heading to the church. Let's do this thing. And I tell you what, it was not meant to be because it was an unbelievable storm hit. You know, it it got so bad, it blew my wife's greenhouse off the porch into the backyard. My son was like, whoa, whoa, mama, your greenhouse is gone. I mean, it ain't in Kansas no more. Hey, I'll see your greenhouse and raise you a windshield. Well, we we walked outside the next morning. We heard something fall, and uh, you know we we thought that there, we had these little hanging lantern things from our back deck, and one of those was on the ground. We thought that's what it was. Well, the next morning as we're walking out, Celia looks and says, "Whoa, what happened to my windshield?" And uh, this magnificent oak that we have behind our house shed a limb about as big around as my arm and busted the windshield of the van yeah that's i've had i've had a tree fall on an old truck of mine so (laughs) um is what it is but no you know and then you know yesterday we had um church which was unbelievable um uh, we were luke and i were blessed to become licensed as you know with the through with the gospel ministry to for evangelism so that was cool that the church backed us. They're supporting us with that, with um, with our calling. But last night we uh, we got the opportunity to go um, to a local church. Um, we're in Central Alabama, so it's a local town called Alabaster. And Alabaster is a growing hub. It's huge. I think it's the football team's won several state championships. They've produced. I, I tell you what, if we're gonna name drop, they've produced two a tongue of a low as little brother. Talia, um, I think they produced a five star that just committed to Clemson. Yes, and and it's just it's amazing from seeing what Alab- Alabaster was to what it is now, and it's 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 a just it's huge. So, um, this it kind of came across my 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 wire that this this church that there we have a satellite campus in the town that we live in in Columbiana, and this church was having a men's event and it was their first ever men's event. And so the church is called cultivate church and their men's ministries cultivate men. So 
I, I, I always get my three amigos, my other two amigos. I get Luke and my buddy Jeff Evans and um, Luke's buddies t- with Jeff, too. And Jeff's kind of our bodyguard. What do we call him, Mitsubishi? I call him Mitsubishi because when he walks up, he eclipses the sun. Oh, yeah. So he'll love that when he gets his shout-out. Last night, when he hears this, Jeff, I hope you hear this, but last night, yet again, for the second time in a row, you were the largest man in the entire building. So he he's our bodyguard. So we uh we take him everywhere it's a great opportunity so we we went out to eat unbelievable food fellowship at dinner and then we go to this church and we walk in and you know when people's outside parking you know you know you got a little bit of a crowd we walk into this place what i would say 60 60 70 guys 60 70 guys together on a sunday night when they could do been been doing something else and they're there to do nothing but fellowship eat food, and then worship God. Eating wings and talking Jesus. Eating wings and talking Jesus. So we got the opportunity to not only, um, you know, see some old faces and, you know, uh, saw an old face with a guy with uh, that that runs God Did It Ministry, Sanchez Tannehill. Awesome dude. Um, Saw him. It was a blessing to um, see him and catch up. I haven't seen him in probably – Probably two years, probably since I ran the men's ministry here at this church, and we saw him at the Wild Game Dinner. But got a chance to sit down and kind of hang out with uh, Pastor Brandon Doss uh, for Cultivate Church and, you know, learned a little bit about the ministry and learned what they were doing. And it, 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 they've got something going. They, they had a buzz last night that was really, really cool. And I felt it. It energized me to go into, into today and – you know, I may seem a little peppy. I may not go on the rant I did last week. Uh, Luke, Luke got on to me. He said I couldn't do that no more. That's not so, true at all. So, but it was an awesome time. So here's what we're going to do. So we're going to get started with Scripture. But at the end of this episode, um, this is where you have to stay with the episode. So at the end of the episode, we're going to kind of tell you what they were doing, what they're going to do um, at Cultivate. So if you're a local listener and you're looking for a church or you're looking for a men's ministry, we're going to give you a little pointers for them. And then in our description on Spotify and Anchor, we will do, uh, we'll kind of plug in their website and you can kind of look them up for their Bible studies and what they're going to do. So um, just an unbelievable event, but don't worry. They got some more plugging. We're going to plug them up a little bit more. So guys, before we start, um, before we start and we go into scripture, we are going to uh, pray in, uh, you know, pray for our our Bible study, our time together today. And uh, Luke, I'm going to ask you if you'll uh, pray for our uh, Bible study and our podcast today. All right, let's pray. Yep. Father, we just thank you so much for this day. Father, I thank you for the things that you give us. I thank you for the protection that you've given us today and the protection that you've given our families. Father, I'm, I'm still just like my brother Andy. I'm just in awe of, of your, your magnificence last night, the affirmations that you gave us that we're on the right track, that you put your finger where we were and showed us the light that you needed us to see. Father, the light that is, uh, it's, it's, it's given me more to strive for, Father, that illuminates the path that, that your word tells us is narrow. Father, I thank you for that illumination, Father, and, and I thank you for the men that we saw there, and I thank you for the word that was given to the men there that was delivered in just the right way, that was so relatable, Father, that it touched my heart, and I know it touched Andy's heart because we've talked about it. Father, I thank you for our friendship. I thank you for this podcast, Father, I ask that you give us the words to speak. I ask that, Father, you just uh, illuminate the things that we need to see in this. 
And uh, Father, that the only words that are spoken are words that are not from us, but but from you, Father. Please, Father, I just beg that you just hide us in your shadow. That when people hear this, that they don't see two men, that they see one man, and that man is you. Father, I'm thankful for our families. I'm thankful for the women that are gathered here in this same church tonight, the ones that are uh, talking with each other, encouraging each other, Father, and digging into your scripture about whatever it is, Father. And, and I pray that uh, the same things that, that can be seen in, in our ministry here that they see in theirs. And, Father, finally, for the, the, the team that we have that's going on a mission trip to Belize, they're meeting tonight in another building. Father, I pray a hedge of protection around each and every one of them, Father. I pray that no sickness, no harm, no no wrongdoing, no evil becomes them, Father, that every step of this trip is anointed by you, Father. From the time they get in the car to the time that they lay their head down in the bed when they return home, that everything that happens happens uh, because of you and is of you, Father, and that lives are changed. All these things I ask in your son's holy name. Amen. All right, guys. So let's uh, let's dive into this thing. So we're at verse 20 in chapter 1. We're almost through chapter 1. We are making waves and headway. Still time to go back. Still time to go back. So chapter 20 or verse 20 in chapter 1 starts with his ind- invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived Ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish, their foolish hearts were darkened. So we're talking about the ones that don't believe. We're talking about these unrighteous that we spoke about last week. And so... You know, one of the things that we've heard while while traveling and, and kind of going to other men's events and stuff like that, one of the things that we've heard is uh, Jeremiah Castile said it um, when he said, if you want to see that God's real, look outside and look at creation. Look at all the creation going on around you. Creation reveals God. Um, the whole universe its presence and its nature. Just look outside. Look out your window. Look at a beautiful sunrise or sunset. Um, look at the fl- uh, you know the fields and the flower of the flowering of fields, the crops that grow, the different atmosphere and ecological systems that you can change from Mississippi to Alabama or Louisiana to New York. All these different things. Corn grows in Iowa. Cotton grows in Alabama. You see all these different things, and then you go you go out west, and you see these huge redwoods that take 70 guys just to put a hug around the thing. You see all these different things, and somehow we're supposed to believe that we came from a little micro microorganism and an amoeba? It's insane to think that. It's insane to think of what we look like and how the brain works, how the heart works, how nerves work, how we work, how animals work, how everything works. It's insane to think there's not an ultimate creator to this thing. It is stupid and ignorant. Sorry, it's ignorant. Let's take off stupid. It's ignorant to think that there is not a creator. But let's just talk about the ones that don't think there's a creator. The unrighteous, the unbelievers. Um, you could go on forever on the, the uniqueness of creation. How it's masterfully, masterfully put together. So men overlook a ton of things. 
men can look at nature and see more than the simple fact that that God is the great creator. Men can see more than a supreme being behind the creation of the universe. They can see the invisible things of God, but they overlook it. We're so, you know, when we're, when we're carried and garnered and, you know, all we care about is the world, that's all we're going to see. We're not going to put God first. We don't go looking for God. Now, if you're a believer and you don't walk outside and you don't thank God for everything that you see, you need to start creating, excuse me, you need to start creating that relationship that is God, thank you for the opportunity to live in this, the opportunity to be a part of this. We need to be thanking God every day for what we have. We need to quit being such an asking society and asking, asking believer and start thanking God for what we have, thanking him for what he's done for us. You know, creation reveals the existence of the existence of a God who presides in majestic, transcendent and sustaining power. And that's that I, I read that off of Kent Hughes commentary. And I was like, man, that's it's pretty. I like that. Those are big words with syllables. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, you know, Luke, what do you what do you think on creation when it comes to, you know, how we view it? And how, why we, we skew ourselves, we, we, we put a wall between ourselves in the thought process of this is God. Well, the first thing that, that I think of, and, and it's kind of, you got to go back to what Jesus said. Jesus said that he didn't come here to bring us all together. He said quite the contrary, he, you know, and I'm just paraphrasing this, but he said that he said he came to set son against father. You know, he, he came to cause some division. Um, if everyone just automatically believed there would be no, there would have been no reason for the cross. There would have been no need for hell to be expanded to accommodate the soul of man. So you've got two columns here. You've got the, the creationists and you've got the big bangists. They're all in the same column. But here's where I sit. I firmly believe in the Big Bang. I believe that God spoke and said, let there be light, and bang, there it was. I cannot believe that I am an accident mm -hmm. when I have felt the hand of God on my life. I have seen him move in a matter of hours and restore my sight. I was blind. You saw me have to come into this church holding my wife's hand or holding her shirt tail. Yep. And two days later, I could read the sign 600 feet across the field. Yep. That is not an accident. That, that, that's not an accident. It's just like if you take what we call noble elements, gold, silver, uh, lead, platinum, things like that. We know the recipe. Hey, water. We know the recipe. Oxygen. We have the recipe, but it can't be recreated. Even though we have each individual element that is laid out in these things, man cannot put them back together. Yeah. That in itself tells you that there is divine intervention there. And, you know, again, what Jeremiah Castile said was the most simple, amazing thing that I have ever heard 
to combat somebody who was an evolutionist, big bangist. If you don't believe in creation, look outside your window and check out all the creation. Well, and 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 and, he, and Paul states it at the end of this verse. He says they are without excuse. Why? Why are they without excuse? Because creation should be the reason and proof that God exists. You, you look at you look at Acts fourteen seventeen when it says, "Yet he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you the rains from heaven and the fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness." And then you can go right back to the the psalmist David when he stated. In Psalms 97, 6, the heavens proclaim his righteousness and all the people see his glory, see his glory. His glory is in creation. Um, you know, you know, Paul is stating right here that they are without excuse. The creation is a, 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 a game changer, as they say. It is a fact checker making it right. Would you agree? Absolutely, I agree. I mean, there's there's nothing in what you said to be disagreed with, and I'll take it one even further. If creation's not true, then how could we live in a place where? And these are the words of Christ. Um, he was having an he was having a discussion with the Pharisees here in Luke 19 and verse 40. He says, "But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out." That tells me that even the even rocks and dirt recognize who God is. Yeah. And when rocks and dirt recognize who God is, but we don't, there's there's a there's a bit of an issue. I don't want to live in a world where I walk outside of either, you know, my house or this church or wherever I'm at and I see the stones with holy hands lifted in worship of God. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want that. That's a world that that Satan has utterly overtaken. And I don't want to be in that world. That's going to be a, to me, that's a post rapture world oh, yeah. that yeah. I don't want to be in. I don't want to be in. And that keeps me focused on the beauty and magnificence and the perfection of God's creation. Yeah. I have seen things in my own life here recently that I thought, man, the enemy is all over this. He's manipulating this. And then at the end of it, I hit this crossroad. And who's standing there waiting for me at the crossroad? Hmm. Jesus. He's standing there waiting, saying, hey, look, here's why I've brought you. I'm going to need you to take a right. Yeah. Um, well, as we, as we push forward in verse 21, we see um, – we see in this passage, Paul makes two serious charges against men. Men can clearly know God both within themselves and their own thoughts, reasonings, and consciousness, and without themselves in creation and nature, in the earth and outer space. So, sorry, I'm adjusting some uh, sound here. Um, so, uh, they can know God that they can know that God gives them life and cares and provides for them and that God runs everything in an orderly and lawful way, giving purpose and meaning to life. Men can see that God is great and good. Therefore, God deserves to be glorified and given thanks. But men do not glorify him. They do not worship him or obey or serve him. 
and we're we're about to go right into yep yep Luke's Luke's got a sly grin at me. Ooh, I, I want to read it out of the out of my New King James when you get but, when you get done. But men do not give thanks to him. They do not praise. They do not magnify or express appreciation to him. So what happens? What happens when men reject God? It's tragic. The severe things that happen when they push God out of their minds. Men's imaginations become vain. And here's what I mean by vain. The word imagination means thoughts, reasonings, deliberations, conclusions, speculations. Thoughts, conclusions, thoughts of impurity, thoughts of evil, thoughts of, you know, you know, you get these thoughts of, you know, insecurity. You get these thoughts of, I'm not good enough. You get these thoughts of, you know, I don't need to be around that person because they, they, they're better than me. All these things. Um, you get these reasonings that are completely out of bounds of what normal reasoning would be. Um, you get these, you know, deliberations where you are, you're just, you're deciding, you know, to do wrong when you know it's wrong. Um, you, you come to conclusions and speculations, but also the word vain means empty, futile, so unsuccessful, senseless, and worthless. Men's imaginations become vain. You look at simple scenarios, just, just simple scenarios. You had a fight with your wife. You go to the bar. You take a drink. You see a woman at the bar. It tends to roll downhill. It tends to become an issue. It doesn't even have to be that serious. You get in a fight with your wife. You go into your office. You watch a video. That's just as bad. You, you know, if you have an addiction problem, you call up, you know, an old buddy that can get you what you're addicted to. It's these issues. It's the problem or you you start thinking about bad stuff about your wife um you know kind of an application here is kind of an application here is um is when men push god out of their minds their minds are void and empty of god god is not in their thoughts their minds are ready to be filled with some other God. And I say little G God, some other God or supremacy. So as soon as your mind is not filled with God, you're not placing God in your life and putting him in his role as important as creator. Remember the word creation. We're diving in here as creator. All of a sudden something starts manifesting in you. Satan knows that's that fisher. That's that crack. He can take over. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. The enemy comes to what? Kill, steal, destroy. And all he needs is a small window to get in. So, <clears throat> you know, when we when we look at, you know, the the emptiness in in, in man's mind when God's pushed out, you can kind of refer back to Genesis six five. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. We're evil since the fall. Since the fall, we're not worthy. We are not worthy. We are going to be sinful. It's it's a it's a fact. 
I'm a, Luke, Luke's, Luke, Luke's looks like a, he looks like Usain Bolt trying to come off the finish line right here. Come on. Well, I'm going to read this out of the New King James because I love the way this reads. And before I read it, I think that this is the part where Paul shifts gears and he goes from speaking to the, to the blatant unbelievers to the ones who profess to be believers. It says, because all they, although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Mm-hmm. So an act of futility is something that is going to come to no end at all. It's just you're stuck in a circle. There's no way out of it. There's that push God out. When, when God is not a God of futility, there is an end to, to what we're going through. This walk on earth will end. And there is, there's, there's a finish line in sight, whether you were born five minutes ago or 95 years ago. There's a finish line for you. And when you reach your finish line, your race is won. Mm-hmm. And then there's a check yes or no box at the gates of heaven. Is your name on this list? Yes or no. That is, if, if you're in the no category, you're in verse 20. If you're in the yes category, you have to start asking yourself these questions that come down here in 21. Did you spend any time glorifying God? Did you Were you in awe at the creation that is simply the life that you live? If you have nothing, if you are Job and you have nothing, the clothes on your back, you're begging people for scraps, your, your feet stink, you need a shave, you got bad breath, and you got a booger hanging out of your nose that nobody's told you about. If you're that low, but you're still breathing, there's room to glorify God. Yeah, You know, nobody can take that away from you. When, when I choose, and when I, I'm going to speak about me here, when I choose to stop thinking about God, the first two words in that were the problem I chose. I didn't allow God to make that choice for me. I didn't glorify him. I'm not magnifying him. And by no means am I following him when I do that. Mm. And it takes restoration. If you if you go down that road, it takes restoration to get, one, your thoughts back on the right track. Because you can go six months and everything be hunky-dory, and you haven't said a cuss word, you haven't drank a beer, you haven't, you know, you haven't, you, you've walked the straight and narrow as close as you can to being the perfect godly man for six months, six years, 60 years. But all it takes is one momentary slip to push God out of your thoughts. Yeah. One. Now, does that mean that God's going to kick you out? Does that mean he's going to take an eraser and erase your name? Is he, is he going to take some heavenly white out and blot your name out of the book of life? No, it doesn't. But does that mean that he's going to interrupt your fellowship? Probably so. You have to be in tune. You have to have unfutile, godly and worldly thoughts as often as you can. And when you do that, one, the times that you fall out of that fellowship are going to become less and less. And two, and here's the big one. Here's the one I love the most, and I'm pointing fingers at me. 
God reveals those times to you more and more through not only what you see with your own eyes, but through people that love you and care about you will point out the things that you do, point out the things that come out of your mouth. And it's not out of malice and it's not to beat you down. It's to say, hey, look, man, you're better than this. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that keeps men mostly beat down in the church is we are caught up in this mindset because we heard our daddy say it, we heard our granddaddy say it, our great-granddaddy say it, well, I'm just a worthless, dirty old sinner. That's all I am, and I'm doing the best I can in a fallen world. Now, am I saying that all that's not true? No, every word of it's true. But there's those two words that I love so much in the Scripture, but God. God paid a unimaginable price to keep us clean Mm. that we can claim the godliness and the 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 part of our life on in this life that's not futile it was bought and paid for he didn't write a check he didn't finance it he paid it in full he the scripture says that jesus cried out it is finished Mm. and when jesus cried out it is finished it says that he gave up his spirit, yeah, and that heaven turned his her turned its back, and that he that knew no sin became sin. Man, I'm goose bumped up. And he did that for us. He did that so we wouldn't have to walk beat down and ashamed. He did that so we could walk with our heads held high, not in a prideful way, but in a way that our Father, who who paid for us, loves us. He loved us so much that this is what he did for us. He loved us. He loves us on a scale that we can't even comprehend. You think about the person that you love the most in this world, whoever it be, a child, your mother, you know, your best friend, your dog, whoever, God loves you more. Jesus specifically loved you more. While Jesus was hanging on the tree, he could have spoke anything he wanted into existence. Mm -hmm. Unimaginable numbers of angels. One angel killed 120,000 men in one night. One angel. While he was hanging on that tree, he could have said, I've had enough of this. Y'all come get me. And it would have been game over. It would have been game over. But there again, but God, but God loves us so much that he protects us and shields us from these thoughts from these th- these thoughts of worthlessness, these thoughts of uh, futility, um, negativity, they're going to creep in, but God is faithful to restore us each and every time. We have to humble ourselves enough to ask him for it. Well, you're you're right. And and we get into the back part of um we get into the back part of verse 21 and it talks about you know, but they're but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. You know, that's the second point is man's foolish hearts is dark and foolish means senseless without understanding and unintelligent. You know, when it comes to making, you know, foolish decisions, it's without intelligence, as it says in the word. Um, But, you know, I love that, you know, it said, you know, but their hearts were darkened and. The two words we got here that I that I got here was blinded and unable to see, um, and you can't help but think of Paul when you think of blinded. I mean, he was blinded and realized pretty quickly who blinded him, 
who he had just encountered, and then goes back. You know, he's sitting there in 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 this house for a couple of days, sitting there blinded. He doesn't he doesn't know if he's ever going to get a sight back. He doesn't know what's going to happen. But you know, he's unable to see. But you know, in in the world, in 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 body, he was unable to see. But Paul was probably twenty fifteen perfect vision on exactly what he could see spiritually. He had made, he had realized, he, he realized who had just, he had just encountered. He had made the change. And it, it, it was like a caged animal ready to get out. He knew what he had to do. And you see it when he got out, he got baptized and boom, he hit the ground running. He went and studied and then he's making missionary journeys. So, just because if if you're if you don't know God and and you you feel like you're in this darkened place, there's a way to the there's a lightened way. There's a way to see. There's um, what do you call the what do you call the 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 surgery that that the eye surgery that they do nowadays? Oh, okay. LASIK. There's the there's LASIK a spiritual surgery. LASIK surgery yeah. you can get. Um, you know Psalms eighty two five says they have neither knowledge nor understanding. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth were, are shaken. And then in 2 Timothy 3, 7, it says, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. These people are wandering aimlessly. They don't know God. They're always looking for a truth out there. When the truth is sitting, it is in plain sight. It's the best-selling book every year. It's... You know, it's it's being seen in creation. It's 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 on your it's on your corner church. All you got to do is walk in. There's believers walking by you every day. Um, so you know, as as we kind of you know wrap up, you know these two verses. You know, one of the things that I think, and we've had Luke, Luke and I have had a we've had a ton of discussion on the lackadaisicalness of men when when it comes to laying the Bible down when you get through Sunday service and not coming back to it. Um, and it's difficult, guys. I, it, it is extremely difficult. And, you know, I work an extremely busy job. There's a lot of things that come in front of me every day. There's a lot of things that happen in my day. But, you know, the one thing, the one constant is putting God's word and pray and placing prayer into my day. If you can make a habit, it becomes the easiest thing in the world to do. But like we heard last night, it takes it takes effort. You have to dig some ditches. That's right. Um, and digging ditches is not going to be with gloves on and perfect weather. It's going to be digging ditches in the Alabama summer. It's going to cause blisters. It's going to get calluses. It's gonna it's going to hurt. It's going to cause sore muscles, but in the end, you're going to be stronger. You'll be able to swing a pick and a shovel like nobody's business. You'll be able to withstand the heat, and your hands are going to be calloused. That work will not be that hard anymore. That work won't be as taxing on you anymore, and that's what comes with going in, getting into the Bible and getting into God's Word and prayer. It's going to have work. It's going to reveal some things that's going to be painful. It's going to reveal some things that's going to be, you know, it's going to reveal some truths about you where you need to change. And that's what it's supposed to do for you to become a better man to be closer to God. Now, 
you hear the saying, you know, nobody goes to a hospital when they're healthy. Nobody goes to a church when they're sinless. Newsflash, you're never going to be sinless. That's right. Not on, not on this place. Not on this big ball of blue and green. It's not going to work. It's never going to work like that. There's only one like that, and he came to take the sins, our sins, on, on his, he burdened them. He took them on for us. So we don't have to go and get perfect goats and rams and doves and all this thing. And we're not at the temple, you know. But I can promise you this, guys, if you're listening and you're not straight up, straight up old school Jewish, if Jesus didn't come, we still ain't got a chance. He gave us a chance. He gave the Gentiles in the world a chance. This is your opportunity. When we when we sit back and we think that we can when we put our expectations on the floor and we think that just coming into church on a Sunday morning without anything in hand, no Bible, nothing to take notes, nothing to do, but just listen to a preacher preach, probably do, doze off maybe if you had a long night. If Alabama or Auburn played or your football team played up that late last night or there's a baseball game on, you doze off, you, you daydream. You know, you start thinking about your list for Sunday afternoon or what you're going to do at the lake, what you're going to do at the beach, what you're going to do at the travel ball field. All these you, these lists start getting in. Then you start thinking, man, what? I got to do this on Monday. I got a meeting on Tuesday. All these things. To be honest with you, you're failing. You're not giving yourself a chance. You're not giving God a chance in your life. You have to walk through the doors of your church. And I challenge you, if, if you don't go to this church, that's fine. There's many good churches. But I challenge you to do this. If you empty everything off of you, out of mind, your lists, your honeydews, what's got to get at the grocery store, what's going to go on the grill after church, empty everything off of your mind and come in. Now, the stuff that's burdening, the stuff that's weighing, the marital problems, the money problems, the health problems. Maybe maybe you got a family member sick. Bring those burdens. Go lay them down at the altar. Maybe you have a problem. Maybe you have a solution. <clears throat> maybe you have a problem with something substance. Maybe you have a problem with gambling. Maybe you have a something is bothering you. I've got a solution. Go lay them down at the altar. Give them to Jesus. Let God take over. And when God takes over... Don't get up from that altar and pick up the Kleenex, and then when you pick up Kleenex with one hand and pick up those chains with the other. Leave them. We make a mistake by doing that. But, guys, when you walk in here and, and you don't give the right – you don't give the right importance. Your importance is wrong. Well, I'm here with my wife. There it is. She's happy. I promise you God can end it quicker than your wife can. That's right. <laughs> and he has control over a lot more than she does. Guys, we have to be, we have to be intentional. We have to be impactful. As as our pastor Derek said a couple weeks ago, we got to be committed. We can't just be involved. We have to be committed. It is something that is messing up every day. I sit here, and I can walk in. I could go into any church Sunday, any church. And if you sit there and you, and, and you get a seat where you can watch everybody come in. I guarantee you 70% of the congregation don't have a Bible. Oh, well, I got it on my phone. Eh, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, are you are you are you really pulling up your phone? And then just watch them during service. Are you taking notes? Are you taking notes and then once the notes are taken, you go home and you study on what you just learned from the pastor? Because he spent all week to present that to you. Let's put it this way. Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, all these football teams, your baseball team, they spend all week practicing plays, practicing a game plan, practicing an opportunity to um, – Practicing an opportunity to put up 70 points on the, the opponent. I bet you can remember every single play. I bet you can remember every single run. You remember that 25-yard run he made? Oh, boy, he hurdled that guy. But you don't remember when the pastor said, in 1 Corinthians 15, this is the path to salvation. I can, there, there's, an, there's an importance level there. You pick it. I hope you pick the second one because the second one matters. And that, I mean, I, I, I don't want to go on a rant or anything, but we are failing, men. We are failing, we are failing, we are failing, we are failing, 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 failing. We are failing our families, our children. Everybody that comes up after us and looks up to us, we're failing. If we don't start putting, if we don't start putting priority in God in church, in households, in our daily lives. We're not doing it right. We're, we're going to fail. If we're not sitting down and talking to our children about God and learning about God and teaching them the stories of the Bible where God is so prevalent and great, the fourth man in the, in, in, in the furnace, the, 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 the magical thing that locked, locked a lion's jaw, this, this, this creator that brought a flood upon the earth and saved a family. This creator that brought wrath upon Sodom and Gomorrah. You want to know what you're, what you're doing to your family when you're not leading them correctly? Look at Lot. Look at Lot. He didn't lead his family correctly. Guess what his wife did? She turned around. We are allowing our wives and our kids to turn around and look back at Sodom and Gomorrah. And it, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah is not a story in the Bible anymore, guys. It is on TV. It is in the world, all over the place. It is nasty out there. And we are allowing our kids to see it, our wife to see it, to turn back and look back. So there's my – I told myself I wouldn't do it. No, that's okay. So – you got, I'm sorry, I do. I got something else. Um, a different spin on that is, you know, when every one of us is going to have a season in our life, either it's uh, our BC life or our after belief life, that we're going to have a darkened, a darkened season. We're going to go through a season of winter where there's no movement. We've, we've stagnated and we begin to stand still. Or we may have just plain old gone backwards. We're all going to have that season. But here, there are two men that were both listed as God-fearing, godly men in the Old Testament. One is Job, and the other is David. Both of them were given tasks. Both of them completed those tasks. But they responded 
when they failed differently. When Job failed, God provided a tree for him to take shade and refuge under. And instead of becoming thankful and grateful for the things that God had done, what did he do? He fussed, he grumbled, he griped and complained and questioned God's authority. So God took his blessing away and then chastised him. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth, Job? Where were you? That's a, that's a tough conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a conversation that I have with my kids when they say, well, why don't you ever take out the trash? Where were you when I made the money to pay this house payment? <laughs> Where were you? Same kind of conversation, different level. But then you go to David. David's a great man of God. You know, he, he, he's writing songs to God. He's, he's doing all these things. And, you know, then there's the Bathsheba incident. So he sends Nathan to check him. He sends him. Hold your bro accountable. Tell him this story and see what he says. You know, and then David's, I, 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 bring the man up. We're going we're gonna to handle business. Who is he? And then what did Nathan say? Surely the man is you. David was remorseful. Mm-hmm. Did he gripe and complain? Why, God, did you let this happen? No. He paid his penance. He restored his relationship. He dusted himself off and got back in the game. Yep. So where are you going to be? You're going to fall. You're going to fail. Are you going to gripe and grumble? Are you going to dust yourself up and get back in the game? Are you going to brush those? Are you going to, you know, you're going to lick your wounds? You're going to bandage up? You're going to gird up your loins and you're going to get back in the game? Or are you going to sit and grumble and moan and complain? Oh, woe is me. I got news for you. There's nothing new that we can go through that there's not an answer for in the scriptures. Mm. You cheated on your wife? Look it up in the scripture. You're drunk? Look it up in the scripture. You've worshipped Satan himself? Look it up in the scripture. It's there. There, There's things to help you through this. Yeah. You know, you're just a plain old Gnostic, and you think that you are the end-all, be-all. Look it up in the scripture. It's there. Yeah. That that's what I love about these two verses. It leaves no excuse. Yeah. There there's no reason that someone can give to not look to the scripture. Stop looking at the world at what the world tells you sh- you should be as a man. Stop listening to these women on these and men for that matter saying that oh your toxic your toxic masculinity is why you think that you're the leader of your household no you are you should be the leader of your household because god told you that you were yeah the bible clearly states that god created adam and then eve mm-hmm. the bible didn't say that he created them at the same time one's a leader one's a follower but they're equally yoked in the household two different roles you have to be unashamed, unafraid, and unbiased in your role as the man of the household. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. If you live under shadow of fear that, oh, I'm going to mess up, you'll never go anywhere. You will sit and spin your tires. Know that you're going to mess up, but when you mess up, own it. Make it yours. Make it your mistake. Yep, I messed up. That was the wrong call there. We're not going to do that again. Yep. Dust yourself off. Get back in the game, continue to lead. Because if you don't lead, 
the world will. If you don't teach your children, the world will. If you don't show your wife that you love her, yeah, the world will. That excellent, excellent points. Um, so as we finish up tonight, um, finishing up with verse twenty-one. So next week we'll be on verse twenty-two. So we're Maybe. we're we're rocking and rolling. Um, so as we finish up tonight, so I like I promised we uh, we wanted to you know we're going to spend time every week kind of highlighting a, a, a men's ministry or something that we feel in the ministry kind of world that deserves some some hookup some uh some promotion so last night we had an awesome opportunity we we, we were able to uh be a part of this event um and just kind of hang out with a bunch of guys um cultivate church is the name of the church um and we're going to put uh their their website and description of you know where you can go and kind of look for information so the website is cultivatechurch.tv um, and you can click on their Alabaster campus and all that good stuff. But uh, for what I got last night, uh, let me find my notes section. So they're going to start doing some small groups soon. And and if you probably reach out to them on Facebook, Cultivate Church, message them. They'll, they'll give you the information. Um, they seem, you know, I've, I've been in communication with, uh, with a few of the guys tonight. So they're pretty quick on getting back and kind of just – you know, they want, they want men to step forward and be a part of something that, that, you know, is, it should be impactful to, you know, a man's salvation. You got to be a part of something greater than yourself. Yeah. So they're going to start doing a uh, small group, um, called a, uh, it's a book called model man. Um, I have, I have not, uh, done this one. I have not actually seen the book, but you know, I, I'm assu- I'm assuming from the way they went about planning their event last night and going about their event that a lot of time, effort, and prayer has gone into picking this book. So they're going to be going into that. It's it's you know, if you reach out to them, they're going to give you where the location's at and all that. But also, last night was an open event where they did a worship style event. They had food. They had giveaways. You know, they had a good time. They had some pretty good giveaways. I think, Luke, you won an oil change. Thank you for the oil uh, change. And and got an oil change. And thank the Lord we didn't win the haircuts because we're both bald. <laughs> all so, three of us were all bald. All three of us were bald that were there. So, But they had a worship service, and it was great. The worship music was awesome. The message was awesome. They had a great speaker there. Um, so they're going to do these things three times a year. So, you know, one of the cool things that we're going to try to do, we're going to try to remember that whenever we see this event come up or whenever we see any event come up, we'll put it out. We'll, we'll kind of we say, hey, look, we'll promote it. And, you know, the thing is, is if you're a man in the Alabaster area or you're a man just in central Alabama and you're in driving distance of Alabaster and you want to pick a church or pick a men's group, Cultivate Men has, has, our, has our raising of hands is – a great men's ministry awesome right now. So awesome bunch of guys. Uh, they believe in prayer. They believe in the fellowship part and, you know, worshiping. And, and, and they were not afraid to worship because they rocked it out last oh, night. Man. It was really good. So, good stuff. But um, to Pastor Brandon, both Brandons, Pastor Brandon and Pastor Brandon, unbelievable job, guys. If if, if you had a chance, if you listen to this, we, we are extremely impressed. We're extremely blessed that we got the chance to see it. Um and we're just excited for what y'all have going on at the Cultivate Campus. So, well, man, I just am to echo what you said. There was just something. There's something 
there, there's always something great when you're in church and you see your entire congregation in worship of God. Yeah, it's great. But when you see a large crowd of men with their hands raised high, their voices raised higher, loving on one another, and in complete and total submission to the Holy Spirit of Christ, man, there's power in that. Yeah, there's power. That's the kind of stuff that makes the enemy think twice about coming in the building. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. You know, God called us to be warriors for the kingdom. And if you're going to be a warrior for the kingdom, you're going to be a warrior in your church. You're going to be a warrior warrior in your home and in your family. And if you don't know what that's like because you don't know Christ, mm. now's the time. Now's the time. There's, We say it every week. There's no special words. There's no special prayers there's you know the 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 bible says that if you cry out and confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is lord that he died for your sins and was resurrected on the third day and believe that and cling to that that you'll be saved yeah if you have questions about that reach out to me reach out to Andy look gosh just reach out to somebody find a pastor find you a church somewhere and reach out and make make it happen so, so as we finish up tonight, um, real quick, Thrive Evangelistic Ministry at gmail.com is our is our email address if you want to reach out. Um, and then Thrive Evangelistic Ministry on Facebook. Uh, we're there. Um, just find us, hit a like, and reach out. We would love to, you know, hear your comments, hear, your, hear everything that you've got to say, if it's good, bad, indifferent, whatever. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray us out, and uh, I hope that you join me in prayer because... I want to pray for this ministry we promoted tonight, and for any of those that are listening, we're we're gonna we're gonna pray and hopefully um, kind of give you the opportunity in this prayer to um, reach out and clear some things up with God or or get to know God and and ask Him to be your, you know, ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. So let's pray and then we'll finish out. And guys, we definitely appreciate um, the support and we definitely appreciate the uh, listens and we appreciate just being able to get out and about with different ministries. So let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the blessings and opportunities that we get to uh, be a part of your creation, to um, get out in the world and see your creation in action. But God, we just, we're so thankful we get the opportunity to glorify you throughout our day with people and situations and circumstances that we get placed in. Um, God, I'm thankful for Luke and I and our, our, our ministry we have here. God, we just pray that uh, we continue to do what glorifies you. Uh, we pray for this ministry that's starting up at this church in Alabaster, this Cultivate Men. Uh, we're just so blessed and so excited to see what they've got in the future with their men and their leadership. And we just pray that they continue to look towards you and strive towards you and 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 continue to um, glorify you and everything that they do with Bible studies and events and all that sort of stuff. And God, we pray for those that may not know you um, personally, may not know you as, you know, their God um, that may be listening. God, we just pray that that person, if, if he's if he's struggling, if he's if he's, you know, struggling with the unknown that, you know, God, you would you would uh, place your hand upon him, your spirit upon him and and let him know that you are real and that he needs you. And we just pray that he accepts you. We pray that he reaches out with the prayer of salvation, that he wants Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior into his heart, and he is born a different man. That tomorrow when he wakes up, 
he can truly see God's creation in vivid color, that his eyesight changes. Everything now is for the glory of God. It's not for the glory of him. And God, we pray for each and every person that's listening to this podcast. We pray for their their rest of their week, the opportunities that they get the that they get in the world to glorify you and be disciples and make disciples. And we just pray for um, anybody that's hurting right now. May they reach out to someone to help, and may they reach to you for peace, comfort, and any other um, and anything else. God, thank you so much for what we get to do every day in this platform to have this podcast. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Guys, y'all have a great week. We are thankful that y'all are with us, and we will see y'all or or you will hear us soon. God bless.